Well, I have to admit, when I read the gospel lesson for today, I thought, well, that's a little unusual, because today, of course, is Pentecost Sunday. We got the fire descending, little hovering fire on the apostles in the upper room, the 120, and Jesus stands up at the last day of the feast and cries out about living water. So water usually goes with baptism, and uh, in this case, we got the whole waterfront covered, so to speak, from the procession to the confession, from the font to the altar, first communion. We got speeches today. We have reception. We got a luncheon. We got a voters meeting. It's like all coming down on this day, and it's just wonderful. All kind of stays with the theme of everything happening. So the kingdom of heaven is busy today, um, and we're not going to put the font out just yet because as far as a real baptism goes, that will be next Sunday and the Sunday after that. But today, we affirm the baptism that our confirmands uh, are being confirmed in. So we're thankful for that. And I just have to give a little bit of background about this year's confirmation process, which threw us a little bit of a curveball, I have to admit. And uh, by that, I mean uh, figuratively speaking, and also literally speaking, because just to accommodate schedules, I got to basically do what I call kinetic catechism with Shane uh, to kind of work with the baseball schedule there. And yes, he literally threw curveballs and uh, very fast breaking curveballs as well. But I got a catcher's mitt out of it, so I'm very thankful of that. And that's because the first day we went out to the ball diamond, have catechism, will travel, uh, it just took one fastball from that guy to break my old catcher's mitt that I had and used 50 years ago. So that's why I got the new one, and I get to keep it. So I'm very thankful for that. So um, we had a good time out on the ball diamond. And then um, with Lucas now, um, we delved into some of the Latin, because I don't know if you realize this, but at the Christian school he attends, they teach Latin. He's taking Latin. So, for example, it's uh, quite apropos on chap page 10, rather, um, we have the word sanctus. Do you remember what sanctus means? Holy, exactly. That's what I'm talking about there. So uh, we're excited to hear about uh, what our confirmants have learned this year. Um, we cover the sacraments th um, through the two confirmants. And so without any further ado, uh, which is French, not Latin, uh, the, the first batter up will be Shane Muller. Come on up, Shane. Good morning. My name is Shane Muller, and I am going to talk to you about the sacrament of holy baptism. On a day in which we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it is especially good to be reminded of our baptism. Why, you may ask? On the first Pentecost Sunday for the church, which is recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 2, some of the Lord's disciples were standing around with tongues of fire floating over their heads. This showed everyone that the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them, but to the rest of the people gathered to hear Peter preach, this is what they heard from him, about how they would also receive the Holy Spirit. And this will become the normal way, you, like you and me, receive the Holy Spirit, through water baptism. On Pentecost, on Pentecost Peter said, quote, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said, to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. There are a few points in St. Peter's preachings that would be good to look over more closely. For example, Peter states that baptism is the name of Jesus Christ. Why is this important? Because only Jesus Christ could and did pay for our sins on the cross and rose again from the dead, which no living human that has sin, like you or me or even Pastor Mike, could do. Secondly, verse 38 also says that baptism is for the forgiveness of our, your sins. Some denominations take baptism a little less serious than us or other traditional churches. What I mean is, you still get wet, but your sins aren't washed away. Neither are you considered born into the kingdom of God. But Titus 3, 5 says, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. Lastly, from verse 38, Peter says, You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In verse 39, Peter tells us, This is a promise. This promise is for you and your children and all who are far off. My family and I find baptism very important and still celebrate my baptismal birthday by praying and having a dinner together. And I still even have the clamshell and my candle. Since baptism brings new life to us in the kingdom of God, it's considered a new birth. But after birth, there's always growth. Luther says in the small catechism, the old man in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires. And new and a new man should daily emerge and rise and live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Thankfully, there is another sacrament, my, that sacrament that my classmate Lucas will tell you about that has to do with spiritual growth. Thank you. Thank you, Shane. And I just can't help but wonder if maybe the preaching gene shows up in Shane as well. So, very good. By the way, we do have verbatim copies of the speeches in the narthex. If you'd like to pick one up, especially family and friends, we can make those available to you. But it has both Shane's and Lucas's speech there. And speaking of Lucas, we will now invite the second and last member of the Peace Lutheran Church 2023 Confirmand class come and give his speech. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lucas Williamson, and I am bringing to you an explanation of the sacrament of the altar, otherwise known as the Lord's Supper. Since this will be the first time we, are, we confirmands are partaking of the Lord's Supper, the experience is new to us, but the instruction we have received has been given to us over these past two years. I am excited to have the opportunity to share what we learned with all of you. Just as baptism is the initiating sacrament that delivers God's grace, so now the sacrament of the altar is the sustaining sacrament that nourishes our faith on an ongoing basis. We need ongoing strength for the life's long journey. Jesus feeds us with his own body and blood. His true body and true blood are really present in the sacrament, even though it remains a mystery as to how. We just take Jesus at his word. His final authority is all we need to accept this teaching. It is his teaching just as it is his gift given at the altar. Jesus himself declares, 
This is my body given for you. This is my blood of the new covenant shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Matthew 26, 28. Both baptism and communion deliver God's saving grace to those who by faith receive them. Together, these two sacraments, along with the word of God itself, are what Luther calls the means of grace. It is through these means of God's saving grace, both word and sacrament, that the Holy Spirit promises to work. Outside of these means, then, God may still mysteriously or imperceptibly work. But we have no word on it, no promise, and no assurance of God working when we look outside of the Bible's clear teaching. Communion is recognized to us in the Lutheran Church because it fits the three criteria for a sacrament. The first criterion is that it is commanded by Christ. And he took and he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After taking the cup, Jesus gave thanks and said, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Luke twenty two, seventeen through nineteen. The bread which is Jesus' true body wait no. The second criterion for sacrament is that it has physical elements attached. In communion, we eat bread, which is Jesus' true body. We physically drink wine and sacramentally, by faith, receive Jesus' true blood, shed for us for the forgiveness of sins. The third and final criterion for a sacrament is that it is God's gift of grace. In this grace of God, which we receive through the Holy Communion, we are, we are offered new life and salvation because, as Martin Luther put it, where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. I have never had communion before. Instead, I have been sustained with the pastor's blessing at the altar. While I have been satisfied temporarily with this, I am excited now to receive the full blessing with the bread and wine, Jesus' true body and blood. Even though this may be a mystery to us, Jesus himself says this, and so we take his word for it. Based on the authoritative word alone of him who raises the death, we take his, you receive his gifts in faith and pray not to doubt any of it. His words are always true and amen. We live in a world of sin, but through God's abundant grace, we are sustained through the Holy Communion. That is why communion is one of the most important beliefs and practices in the Lutheran Church. That concludes my explanation of the sacrament of the altar. I would like to thank Pastor Mike for his hard work and dedication teaching me and Shane for the past two years. Finally, I would like to acknowledge my grandmother, Oma, Susan Klein, for being the reason I went to be confirmed at this church after I saw her love for the Lord. Thank you, Oma. Yes, and thank you, Lucas and Shane, both.